Sexy Marriage Hello, Radio. Hey, Corey. Glad yes, you're here. Welcome, That's Gina. I'm Corey. And we are having straightforward, honest conversations about sex, life, love, married life, romance, the good, the bad, the ugly. Everything we anything on our mind, anything on your mind, and we want to know what's on your mind. You can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with questions, comments, thoughts for future shows. Because we want to make sure we are speaking what you want to hear, as long as well as what we want to talk about. So it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a dance. But in that marriage, it seems. So also, yeah, if you like you... us, jump on iTunes, please, and give us a five star review if you like what you hear. And if you don't, you don't have to give a five star review, but give us a review anyway, because we like to hear the feedback and have the message spread further and further and further. So, Gina, I have a question. All right. And I might be crossing some lines here because I'm going to go straight personal right off the bat with this show. <laughs> oh, Lord. And it's if there's any new listeners, because I know every so often we get people that email and say, hey, I just started and I'm on episode 70, you know, and so they may not really know who we are and they may not know that we are not married to each other. We, we That's have, correct. We have our own marriages that are going on um, and what representing 40 plus years of marriage between us yeah absolutely some some history there so my question would be straight out and and you and paul's sex life oh geez this is why paul does not listen to sexy marriage radio (laughs) i can already already feel Uh, red red in the face all right okay are there times because i know this happens in in my in my life with Pam, my wife, that there are times when we have encounters, and we'll just kind of phrase it that way, that are extremely deep and connected, and there's a great level of intimacy, and it's sexual, but there's no intercourse. Are we an anomaly? Well, yeah. What? (laughs) No, No, we're not. Come on. I know that's not true. You make it sound like it's either or. Like we well, have this great intimacy. <laughs> I don't think it's an either or. I just think there's lots of couples that when they think sex, they just think intercourse. I do too. And really what I want to help our listeners with today is those who do have plenty of sex but feel like they're lacking intimacy. So okay, we got a letter recently that sort of triggered this idea. And I've been thinking about it all well it's sort of the base of me wanting to help people in this arena anyway is that he was saying we both have plenty of desire my wife gets aroused gets off as fast as I do and so you know foreplay isn't a big deal to them and he says to her yeah to her unlike most women like he hears oh she's a crock pot well I'm a whatever iron what are they I don't even know (laughs) Usually women take so long to get aroused. Not my woman. We're both equal. Uh, She's done fast. Right. And he says, but still that doesn't satisfy his need for intimacy. Okay. And that speaks to a lot of couples out there who who don't feel that need met for intimate connection. Okay. So sometimes there's that confusing language. You know, if you say intimacy, a lot of men immediately think of sex and a lot of women don't. 
Right. So that was a great question about connecting all over physically and having intimacy without intercourse. Right. So So what's the I difference? Think, I mean, what is it that sets up intimacy and and I think a greater likelihood of full body presence in foreplay as opposed to just intercourse because it's not an either or and I and I realize that. And so some of us just kind of let's just get the yeah. bar let's just get the ball rolling with it with the conversation. I know. Without easing into it, we're just going to jump right in. But I, I do believe that there's there's stuff that happens in foreplay that's different than in intercourse. Hmm. Because again, okay, keep going. Well, but again, phrase all of this in the whole whole dynamic or framework of sex is a language. And foreplay is a language. And in reality, what I believe is foreplay is what happens during foreplay determines what happens during sex. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a real routine way of doing foreplay, then right. you greater, greater likelihood it's a routine way of doing sex too. I'm doubting that a couple just, okay, we start and we kiss and then... I take off her shirt and then he, you know, and, and you just kind of go back and forth and you know the way it's going to unfold. That's probably, I'm doubting you just throw away that script once sex actually starts as far as intercourse. And so it's, it's all, it's all language, but it seems to me, and, and I could be wrong with this, but my feeling is that whenever you're getting in the idea of sex with foreplay, it requires more of you to be a, a part of it because you're talking about more than just genitalia, which intercourse is generally just genitalia. So right. it's easy to just kind of assume the missionary position and one of you or both of you check out, do the deed and move on. You, hmm. can't, you can't really do that as much with foreplay. If you're going to try to orally please your spouse or you're going to use your hand or you're going to use oils or you're going to use light candles, you know, there's more thought, there's more, I think all of it has all of it has the potential to be completely checked out or absent or okay absent. Well, yeah, it could be a role. It could be kind of a fantasy thing in a sense of that's how you anesthetize yourself that you just kind of outer body experience and just go through the motions. But that's that sets up the routine. I'm talking about the more follow the connection foreplay scenarios because then that leads to follow the connection sex yeah i think that's what we want to help people understand how do you connect their uh, present sensually where you're present emotionally where you're present with each other and uh connecting that whole foreplay is such a general term you know it could mean right there in the bedroom it could mean all day it could mean um, you're somebody is pursuing with the end in mind, you know. So we're trying to encourage people to remove the end in mind, you know, just and disengage from the attachment to an outcome, orgasm, ejaculation, whatever, and just be together. Um, however, your spouse wants to be validated and connected to, so that you're going someplace together. Yeah, and. Along that same lines is how you want to pursue what you want in your life, you know, because that's 
real quick detour because one of the things I've adjusted in my life because in the in the course of my marriage, which Pam and I are going to be twenty years next month, so that's mm -hmm. huge and that's a long time with with somebody. <laughs> and I, for a majority of our marriage, I was the prototypical nice guy. You know, it was the happy wife equals happy life. So I would do a lot of things that were really beta trait kind of things to comfort providing things that I would little simple things that I thought would get her aroused. And in reality, nah, doesn't do it. <laughs> you know, she wants to be pursued. You know, my wife, for sure, that's what she wants. And so one of the things I've adjusted over the last five years and even more so the last two years is I'm always looking to close in the sense of oh. I'm always pursuing and I, and it's not that I'm going to have sex every night or every time I'm with her. That's not going to happen. There's times it just doesn't, doesn't work out that way, but that doesn't mean I don't still have that framework in mind of I'm pursuing her. And that's that, I think that's that sex begins outside of the bedroom concept of it really mm -hmm. does. And it may not mean, you know, Paul could, could send you a text that's really clearly stating his intentions or, or mm -hmm. what, he, what he's looking for that night. Or you could do the same to Paul. That doesn't mean it happens that night. It could be setting the stage for what happens two nights from now. And so it's almost just kind of a, a way to look at what you do to change to change what you do. Right. I mean, so, okay. So it is one of those, how do you then, I, I guess that's, that's the shows we've talked about in the past of how do you um, blend your sexuality into every aspect of you blend your relationship well, into every aspect of you. Yeah. And how do you speak up if you're the spouse that feels um, lacking in, intimacy how do you speak up so that your physical life doesn't just continue in a rut that leaves you in a sense unsatisfied emotionally or uh, you know there's a twinge of loneliness there in in being together physically and not feeling wanted connected soothed whatever um on an internal level okay so part of that is just to speak up you know get, Tell your mate, slow down, you know, open your eyes. So if you feel like stuff's moving so fast physically, um, it, then you have the power to slow down and tell them, please don't rush. You know, okay. let's, let's just, let's savor this moment together. Let, let's just to slow down. I think that's the advice we give all the time. Slow down. Yep. Ask, what's your rush? Where are you? Um, yeah. you know, let's stay here. Let's, and so, um, to know what it is you're actually looking for and then speaking up and asking for that on the emotional side as well. Okay. Would you say that people, a, a general misbelief we have as humans is that when I seek intimacy, that is contingent on somebody's response versus something I can control more of than, than I know I can. If you're seeking intimacy with someone else, does, do you need a response from them? Right. I mean, cause yes. it, it seems like, yes. well, yeah, you do, you but like, gee, I love this intimate connection I have by myself. Well, with but, my mate but think of it this way, Gina, room. how much of the times do we say subtly 
to our spouse, I want to be more connected to you. And that's our four-way, foyer into intimacy. But all that is is just expressing a desire. If you're not presenting something to actually be deeper connected with, there is no way intimacy is going to occur. And, you know, that's that I really want to go swimming with my wife, but I want her to jump in first before I get in the pool. Because oh, at, no, I think with what I'm saying, I'm talking about coming from a place of honesty. So if right. you... Well, I'm just, I want to address a fallacy I think that some people have because intimacy to me is there's a, a, a huge misbelief out there of, because intimacy does not mean I get the response I want. You know, being intimate with somebody, I'm going to risk not getting the response I want. But that, that, that means I don't still just risk it. Well, that's true in anything. Right. But uh, I think right. a lot of people say, well, I really want this intimate connection. Well, sure, it has to happen with both of you. Because there's something that happens when the two people, when there's two spirits, two presence, two hearts together. That's that violin. You know, put two violins mm-hmm. together, pluck one string, and the corresponding on the other will, will resonate as well. That's that connection. But too often, I think, we have this other-centered view of it that well i have to have it from them before it would even start well no you can lead the way by putting yourself out there and that's that idea you were just talking about gina of slow down right hey where are you hey i want this to i want this to go a little longer i want Mm -hmm. you know that's putting yourself out there and then if your spouse meets that with their level of depth that you're providing there's your there's a greater depth of intimacy yeah, and through the whole process, we open up our heart and we shut down. We open, we shut down. We make ourselves vulnerable. We protect our heart. It's like I think you mentioned the dance earlier. A, a whole relationship is like that on a large scale, on a, on a, you know, as you zoom in, zoom in to the most intimate right. part of your connection, it's going to be variations of those same kind of undulating patterns of we we come close we come apart we become vulnerable we become self-protecting and it all is more potential has more potential to grow and be beautiful as we're more honest about it right and I so mean, that's why we talk about grown-up sex and the joy of it despite anything external is if you're able to say wow we have the privilege of grown-up sex here which comes as we're who we really are and honest and right. So would you say, would you say that the honesty has to begin with just honesty with yourself first? Because how much, how many times do we fool ourselves that, Oh, that's all right. It'll go away. Or, Oh, it's really not that big a deal. I don't need to speak up because this is really more about him or her. This is, you know, it's just, we do this whole rationalization hamster in our mind that, is really a disservice to ourselves. And so it's more, I, I would say this to, a li- to listeners out there that are, maybe you're following along, maybe you have no clue where we are with this whole conversation. Because I, I think at times Gina and I aren't sure where we are with this conversation. Because we're on different, exactly, we're on different wavelengths. Right. Well, it's male, female, and <laughs> we come at it from slightly different ways and, and what with the clients we work with. So nothing wrong, no, neither right or wrong. It's just different. 
So what I would say to the listeners that are trying to, okay, what do I do with this? How do I create more intimacy in my life? First, it comes down to just being honest and recognizing the ways you push away intimate moments. Right. Because intimacy is just as likely to produce discomfort feelings as it is comforting feelings. Mm. Because there's a side of intimacy that is uncomfortable. Because we reach that threshold of togetherness where I feel like, oh, I'm starting to be lost. I'm starting to be smothered. I'm, st- I'm losing my out, identity. Out of control. Right. If I, you're used to always being in control, there's an element of releasing right. control. And so this, is, this is where we've talked about how does sex end for you? You know, because most people, right. it ends because their body is done. Mm-hmm. You know, or their mind is done. But does that mean it has to be done? You know, you can stay with it, keep talking, cuddle, have sex again. I mean, there's all kinds of different things you can do if you will just learn to lean into yourself more and stay present. Mm -hmm. And what I think about when when I think of this whole line of thought is when Pam and I, when I was going through grad school and I was learning this whole growing up philosophy, that there really, really are thresholds of togetherness and separateness that we live within. That we have certain amounts of togetherness we want in our life, and we have certain amounts of of separateness we want in our life. And whenever Mm -hmm. we reach the thresholds on either extreme, that's when we usually revert to the other. You know, I've I've been alone for too long, so I pick up the phone and I reach out to somebody. Or I hop on Facebook to find out what's going on because that gives me that togetherness connection. Or I go find my spouse or my kids or... But then when I've been with them too long, I figure out ways to get away or I sabotage or I pray the phone will ring. So give me a break or, you know, whatever it is. And that's that's where we kind of go back and forth. Well, one night, pre-kids, Pam and I were laying watching a movie on the couch. And so it's, we're just cuddling side by side. No sex going on. No arousal going on. It's just a good connection. And at some point, 30 minutes, an hour into the movie, I just got up and walked over and sat in the recliner on the other side of the room. And obviously she knew I left, but what it, what it dawned on me after I sat down in the recliner was I had reached my togetherness threshold. I was all of a sudden starting mm-hmm. to get uncomfortable and fidgety and hot and all those bodily things that happen whenever you're just too close to somebody. And so it, it, occur, it occurred to me, what am I doing? You know, I really love this woman. I want to be with this woman. Get over there and be uncomfortable if that's what it takes. You know, so it was, and to me, it was just one of those, I tried, what's worked for me is to just be more open and honest about things and just say, honey, because she knew where I was coming from. So uh, this conversation was easy to phrase of, I I have no idea why I just moved over here, but I want to be able to experience more with you. So can we just sit by each other rather than snuggling like we were? And she's, sure. So we sat and she kind of leaned over on me and we watched the rest of the movie. But for five, ten minutes, I was uncomfortable and not paying attention at all to the movie. I was more paying attention to her and she was invading my space and all, you know, all that kind of psychobabble stuff that, that goes on. But that's well, the- that. That's a reality to a lot of moms as well who are home with their little babies and toddlers and they're all, they're kind of touched out right at a certain point and their husband comes home and wants this arousal and right and, and he wants more he wants more touch 
Yeah, all, all those things are so good to understand and be honest with and say, oh, that's what's going on. It's not that I've got this sexual dysfunction. It's not that we've got these issues. It's just getting to know yourself better. Right. And like the and observing and becoming the more you can become curious instead of easily offended, the more you can step through like you did. That was a really cool. Yeah, because I, I don't think you can I don't think you can manage anxiety. You know, it's like anger management. Now it's an emotion. So what we what I believe you have to do is learn to tolerate the discomfort that comes along when both extremes are reached because that starts to then broaden the extremes so that you have a, well, bro a broader continuum to go back yeah. and forth between rather than this little short, oh, I've been alone too long, now i got to reach out. Well, okay, why? What, you know, just take a moment. You're in the car alone, and you're, you feel that, I, need, I wonder what my mom's doing, or I wonder what such and such friend's doing, or I wonder, well, what's that, where's that coming from? Is it a curiosity that you really want to know, or is it a deprivation of, I'm feeling oh alone, gosh. so make me feel better? <laughs> you know, and it might be too psychobabble, but for some people out there, it's huge to examine and be more aware and more conscious in everything we do. Because that sets the stage for being fully conscious when you're with somebody else, because you don't risk losing yourself in control as easily because you have more of a solid self. Well, most of our culture is just not used to having sustained, present energy. We've got yeah. our phones beeping every few minutes. I was yeah. at the grocery store yesterday, and somebody's phone went boop, and five people pulled out their iPhone and checked right in the produce <laughs> aisle. Yeah, It was the funniest thing. But we're used to all this stimulus. You know, I'll watch my 20-year-old. He's on Twitter. He's answering his his text, everything that used to drive them crazy that I did, you know, yeah. when I was on Twitter 24 hours a day, he, I said, you know, so just to learn to be even aware of what you're thinking and how, how fleeting and flittering your mindset is, is valuable. And sometimes it's, if you're like last week, or maybe it was even last night, I, Paul and I were talking. I said, let's just go in the other room. This this couch isn't as comfortable. Let's sit on the other couch and let's just hang out. And and I told him, you know, yesterday I was just anxious. And he said, I was too. And he said, I was upset with our contractor. And I said, I was too. <laughs> and, we, you know, I we did not even bring up the contractor's name. So the idea that we were both agitated I thought that Paul was agitated with me and I was kind of pushing him away right. energetically like, ooh, I don't like his energy. I can't stand my own energy. And so for us to just talk about it was just really, that made an intimate moment to to reframe how we were dealing with the anxiety, mm -hmm. how we felt with the for sale sign that just went in the yard yesterday and acknowledging it's stressful to move, yes. even if we're excited. Yes. So just to be honest about all the stuff that's playing into your state helps you to connect right, because emotionally, a, intimately. A lot of the issues that happen in our sex life aren't sexual at all. That's exactly right. There are other things going on. It's anxiety driven. <laughs> it's stress. It's your your yeah. body, something going on with one of your glands. It's, you know, all these kinds of things <laughs> that are just unrelated, it seems, but yet completely related. 
Exactly. And that's why I'm such a big believer and and fan of the whole just kind of Zen philosophy almost of, you know, just being present, being still. You know, I think that's a biblical philosophy too, that be still mm -hmm. and know yeah. that he that God's around, you know, and so those are the things that society is it's so counter to it. And yet we complain that we don't get connection with people, but we're not still enough to possibly present something to, to be connected with. Mm. I mean, how many times have you had a That's conversation a with a friend and they didn't hear a thing you said? You know, it was just parallel exactly. monologues. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what was that? You know, what... I'm so unfulfilled by that conversation we just had. You know? that anytime I'm driving my middle schoolers, even when the 18-year-old was in middle school, I would say the same thing. And now the twins are that age. I said, you guys are five people talking at once. Not one of you listens to the other one. Yeah. So that's sad to think that we would grow up and have that same kind of interaction. Yeah, well, and then, I mean, it's manifested even more with the technology in the smartphone world and mm -hmm. I mean how many times have you been with really good friends but yet they're on their phones while you're together at dinner or you know a beep happens and it's not from the babysitter it's somebody posted something new to twitter you know and it's like oh hey I gotta find out what come yeah. on we're, we're here it's you and us you know it's let's yeah. be here and you and us though yeah there you go those are the things that set the foundation though for better intimacy with your spouse is presenting something yes. that's, that's solid so, enough to be intimate with yeah so i hope that helps those ones who are saying we're having sex but i'm unfulfilled emotionally and right. intimately uh, the big starting point is to be absolutely present with yourself knowing where you are where you're coming from and then learn to be honest with your mate about what's going on, where you want to go together. Maybe just, you know, as women, we tend to process verbally. Anyway, right. we just want to talk. But uh, that will help you, I think, to connect. We sometimes have said that women have a sexual energy that flows like rain from the top, you know, from their head down, opens their heart, and then, they're, then they'll open up sexually, where men a lot of times have that sexual energy comes up kind of like fire, and, and when they're connected sexually, their heart is opened. Right. So if we'll just learn to honor ourselves and honor the way that our mate is wired differently and bring honesty to that, there is a really deep and profound connection that's available that will at once be arousing and uncomfortable. So we hope that's <laughs> exciting. That's a great way to phrase it. It's going to be arousing <laughs> And uncomfortable at the same time because, and that's when you, st that's to me when you really are reaching intimate moments because there's a certain level yeah. of discomfort that comes along with it. So I'm rather than react to it, respond to it and lean into it because on the other end is a whole lot more. Yeah. Boundless. And that's the beauty of, of married sex because you just, <laughs> you set the foundation in little things. And the things you work through and the time, little times you speak up, it may have nothing to do with your sex life. All yeah. of that can be then played out in the arena of your sex life. Yes. So go for it. Absolutely. This is Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad you joined us. 
Absolutely. Enjoy your day. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about